Thank you very much. Park yourself here. I need to probably. Oh, you need a ball, don't you? <laughs> we do. You need one of those. Otherwise, I have to put glasses on. Is that the camera again? Yep. I'm just going to watch from over there. Hey, guys. I like that. Got to wear my podcast. I did. I had to go nine. I don't know what I've done with mine. Tell you what, it's pretty good. Another one. Yeah, I'm sure. I know if you can. I know if you can. Hello and welcome to season two of the Target Transfers podcast. I'm joined as usual by Molly. Hello. And today we're very lucky to have a special guest, our managing director here at Target Transfers, Martin Bawley, is going to join us today. I'm, I'm overwhelmed to be on your podcast. It's <laughs> really nice. I've been watching them all. It's good, it's good to finally join <laughs> you. Excellent. Today, a special edition of the show, we're going to be looking at the history of Target Transfers and styles to give you a little bit more of a background on us and where we've come from and what makes us the world's leading heat transfer, heat transfer vinyl, and heat press manufacturer in the world. So thank you very much for joining us, Martin. You're very welcome. Um, so really, we just, we just want to kind of touch upon um, what makes Styles the great educator of the heat printing industry. So we're hoping you could give us a little bit of a background about target transfers and the history of the company, and um, just to kind of give the listeners and viewers a bit of an idea of how long we've been manufacturing heat transfers and how it all got started. I'd love to. I'd love to. Whenever I, buy, I meet customers or at trade shows, it's always incredible that people don't realise how far back we go. Mm. We really do have some heritage. I've been with the company Target 32 years, so um, that's just with Target transfers, but I want to jump back to 1886. Sounds incredible, um, but that's when Ted's great-grandfather started his business as a German immigrant, went to the US, started many businesses, many, many didn't work out. Um, and this was around about the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. So his first business that really took off um, was around 1932, which was the beginning of Styles yeah. really. It wasn't actually called Styles at that point, but that's how it started. In 1929, it was the Great Depression. That was one of the toughest times to run a business anywhere, especially in North America, especially yeah. as an immigrant who didn't speak English. So. For all those people out there now who have challenges, to look upon a company and a, and a beginning that started in such tough times shows you how determined they were as a group of companies. Now that was Ted's grandfather. Um, in 1942, Ted was born. Um, he had two other brothers, Brian ran Styles with him. And they run that business as a small uh, family business. Some months, some weeks, if they didn't make much money, they would make, I think, been reported that they made 32 cents in a week. Wow. That's the, all the profit they made. And they get what they grew in their garden. Mm. And the business was run from the garage. So it's like every company that we tend to deal with on a daily basis. Um, they started in the same way. And they had some very humble, meek beginnings. But they innovated. Um, they marketed themselves. Uh, they looked, took, took good care of their customers. And they took good care of each other. Um, and then around about the 70s, uh, they, um, Ted and his uh, eldest brother, Brian, they took over the family business. So uh, Ted's parents retired. They took it over. I think at that point they only had like 15 employees. So it was a tiny business and they were still based in Detroit. But under Ted and Brian's leadership, they realized that they really needed to market outside of the US, um, especially outside of Detroit. And as we all know, over the years, Detroit's had its challenges like mm -hmm. most cities have had recession, bubble burst, yeah. that type of thing. Um, and they had the foresight and the innovation to create new products, not just rest on the laurels. 
um, try different markets, different states, which is a huge thing in America. It's a big, yeah. big nation. And they also took a lot of time and effort to, to research on how businesses needed to be run internationally. Not just hosting from an Amer American source, but how they manufacture, how they sell. You've got tax implications, legalities, that type of thing. Um, so those two, the two brothers actually set up a business which became what we are now benefiting from today. Yeah. Um, thousands of employees across every corner of the planet, manufacturing in every, every territory. Um, it, it only goes to show you the foresight that they had in a period when many companies weren't doing, apart from the large car industries. Um, they've really come a long way. Um, the original business was a screen printing, embroidery, chenille, and die cutting business yeah. um, when they were running it as a family. Um, Ted's grandfather actually invented heat seal application, um, putting adhesives, hot belt adhesives on the back of those die cuts. Um, legend has it within our group of uh, companies is that um, Ted's father wanted, or grandfather wanted people to be, he wanted to be able to die cut letters and let the customers make their own spelling mistakes. <laughs> but even to this day, it's a challenge for us um, with customized transfers. But he was ahead of his time. Yeah. Um, and he realized that it was a great business there. But they had to invest, um, they had to put a lot of their own time and effort and money, uh, a lot of family support, uh, obviously, back in the day. Um, when Ted and his mother took it over, it was, uh, it was doing well, but nowhere near the level that it is today. Um, and I think I said around 76, they um, decided to purchase the, uh, the business. Now, if I jump across the pond to the UK, yeah. um, in 1976, that's when Target first started, first formulated its business. And Target, um, I wasn't here at that point, but I came a few years later, um, Target created stock transfers. So we pre-guessed what we thought people would want. Um, they would be sold at um, into the pier, um, um, uh, summer holiday camps, that type yeah. of thing. But this is not just in England. We actually sold to 30 countries around Europe and, uh, and Eastern Europe. And it was huge business for a very long time. It's probably the only way that you could print, ship, and then apply um, back in the early days. Um, now, Roger and Sally, that started Target Transfers in the UK, they worked um, the business from a humble beginnings in the building that we're currently in today um, with about four or five people. You both know it's about 20,000 square feet here. So there was twice as many people as sitting around this table now in this large building. But they also had the vision to, to expand things. But one challenge that Roger and Sally always had was that they would manufacture the transfers, but they didn't have control over the application of it. Yeah. And the people that, or the companies that were making the machines at the time, they weren't decorators. Unfortunately, they were just engineers because you need something mechanically made with electronics yeah. in it. Um, but there was a bit of a kind of a barrier there between what decorators needed and what engineers were prepared to make. So um, Roger and Sally had looked for lots of different types of machines and actually had to contact engineers themselves and say, this is what we want. Now, jumping back to the US about the same time, Roger, uh, sorry, Ted and his brother realized the same thing. They weren't getting the kind of equipment that they really needed. Yeah. So my understanding is, is that uh, Ted, his brother Brian, and their wives, even though they had been very successful, put nearly everything on the line to start Hotronics. They felt obliged for their own futures and the, uh, the quality of the equipment that was going to go out to the market, that somebody, a decorator, who knew what they needed for decorators should go out and try and make a machine. I think um, at the time, most of their colleagues and employees thought they were mad. 
because they were printers, they weren't engineers. Um, it's proven to have been a good gamble, <laughs> um, but they've had some good people around them. They've had determination, lots of innovation, um, and vision. Ted and his brother definitely, definitely had vision. Um, because of that, and the quality of those machines that were created for decorators with the whistles and bells that decorators need, Ted, uh, Roger and his wife Sally realized that that's what they needed. So in the late 90s, we started to resell and use the machines ourselves. Uh, internally, we applied millions of transfers a year for our customers who wanted us to do that internally. So when Roger and Sally came to a point that they wanted to retire um, in their uh, 70s, um, they didn't look any further than Ted and his brother. They wanted their life's work to uh, be maintained. They wanted the loyalty of their staff to be protected. They already had the building. They had a fantastic name in the industry, which I think most people would agree with. Um, and in 2002, we became part of Group. Roger and Sally took a well-earned retirement, and we carried on selling those machines, um, of which we still have them here today. We've got a fantastic showroom with all the machines in, all the latest advances, all the new technology, along with the um, heat transfer vinyl and everything else. But it became a perfect marriage. So we were the uh, uh, the leading transfer manufacturer in the UK. They were the leading manufacturer of heat presses. Um, we now bring them in by, the, by container yeah. because they're so popular um, in, the, in this large facility that we have now. Uh, thank you to uh, Roger and Sally for purchasing the property originally. We would have not stood a chance otherwise. Um, but with continuous innovation, um, every year I'm always surprised how much technology uh, has been advanced, um, all down to those big gambles and ch ch chances that they made back in 1932. And yeah. then Roger Sally's foresight to join forces with uh, Ted in 2002. It's made all the difference. So even for you guys and, and all the people that come through now, they're all standing on the shoulders of some very wise decisions, lots of innovation, yeah. some vision, and a lot of hard work. Yeah. So in a nutshell, that's a, a, a fast 90-year spin on the, the beginnings of uh, where they've come. I think if Ted was in the room now, he'd probably say we just got going. Yeah. Considering, <laughs> considering his third generation and his children are in the, in the business, and I would guess that his grandchildren probably come through into the business as well. Yeah. So I think we stand quite uniquely as um, um, the only really uh, historic decorators over kind of the last 90 years. You don't tend to get that in many industries no. that I know of. Um, it's still family owned, still independent. Uh, it means they're very, very flexible. Um, they don't have to answer anyone apart from themselves, uh, which means that there's a real speed to market. Um, and uh, they are the, the leaders, and yeah. I think they will continue to be because of just the, uh, their DNA. I yeah. I think that's, you know, it's quite remarkable. Um, I've just come back from uh, uh, an international trade show called FESPA, met Brett there. He seems as enthused as Ted's eldest son. He's as enthused about the industry and styles and what can be done as, as his father is whenever I meet him. So I can't see it slowing down at all. No. Which is great news for our customers because they get on the cusp of everything that's new because we're an international group with uh, group companies everywhere. Um, anything um, that is... Uh, innovation that comes from around the world we share with them instantly don't we so, yeah. with your help and with this podcast mm -hmm. so um, yeah in a nutshell that's the last 90 years of yeah. celebrating 90 years this year which is quite remarkable yeah absolutely very proud of that that fact and i would say that the interesting thing is for 
everyone at home is up. I mean, I've, I've been here four and a half years now, but I'd have to guess that probably in the last two years, I think it's probably changed more than at any point in that 90 year history. It's accelerating. Yeah, it's not slowing down. Now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there's a lot more people getting into the business because the, the barrier to entry is much lower. Mm. The education is there. We give it away for free, but you can find it on, online anywhere. Um, it's an easy industry to get into. Um, it uh, borders craft, it borders hobby, um, entrepreneurial spirit. You know, you can run businesses from home um, thanks to online technology. Um, yeah, there's not really any barriers. Anyone can do it. Mm. Um, you know, you could put someone in front of a heat press with uh, half an hour's worth of training and they can start to decorate garments and start making money yeah. with very little amount of money down, really. Um, return on investment has got better over the years because the equipment and the, uh, the processes are so much quicker now than they used to be. So um, it's probably two, three times faster than it was yeah. to push a return, So, which is what really people need to do if you want to get into it. And it's not just for fun and it is for profit. Then yeah. You can make a profit really, really quite quickly within a few weeks. Yeah. You know, so you only need a few orders. I know I'm preaching to the converted, but it, uh, it still blows my mind that uh, people think it's quite complex, but it's very, very simple business. It's probably one of the easiest things to, to plug in and, and, and start a business with on the, as a side hustle or as a full time. I think it's now with uh, ourselves and joined together Stars and Traction Express with the Ultra Color products, the Ultra Color Max that came out last week, is that. It's never been a better time to bring your designs to life as well because the technology for the heat press technology, which obviously you've told us to start, brought it to market. And I think this is my best part of 40 patents to make sure these I are the best. I think it's 45 machines. plus. Yeah. 45 plus. And that's just machines, it's not materials and transfers, that's no. just machines. And now full colours come up to the point where it's matching everything you could ever want to do with it. Mm. It's only been the last two years since we brought Ultra Colour out, Ultra Colour Max last week. Is that there's really, it's like I said, there's, there's no, the barriers don't too minimal now because there's no The barriers one piece. I mean, it's just incredible, really. And if you're really smart, which we we try to educate people to take advantage of us, mm. that's the trick, to take advantage of us. Uh, we leave a lot of money on the table to help customers grow their business. Is those large 55 centimeter sheets? If you're really smart, you could get anywhere between 10 and 120 logos on there, depending on you know, the size you're wearing on your hoodie. Yeah. Um, you know, you could really take advantage of us and for very little money down, um, the upside is immense, mm. percentage-wise. I mean, you know, you could be, uh, you could decorate 120 garments for 29 pounds. Yeah. It's, you know, phenomenal, really. It's incredible. And yeah, the technology's changed quite a lot in turn, I should think, in that last, in your 32 years here as well. Yeah, it has. I mean, there used to be, a turnaround used to be, um, when can I have it? You'll get it when it's ready. Yeah. Not that we were marketing that, but it could yeah. be a week, two weeks. There was a lot more manual processes in there, technology. Um, we had to jump on innovation, um, yeah. software, very fast, IMAX, um, fast networking, take out as many steps and stages as we possibly could, reduce the wastage. But it was still a kind of a week, two weeks. It would yeah. be mechanical. It took a long time. My only days, you could spend a couple of days, a couple of hours, or a whole afternoon in the dark room in the pitch black just yeah. developing film. But now you hit print, walk away, get on something else, and the role of the film yeah. work will run out. Um, but I'm very proud of the two-day turnaround. It is quite a remarkable feat, really, yeah. to, to do that and maintain it. I mean, people say they can do it, but once they've got you know, a, 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 an avalanche of artwork coming, they can't achieve it. 
Um, but being able to consistently, day in, day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, offer a two-day turnaround is quite incredible. But the important thing for that is, is that somebody who receives it, so they order on a Sunday or Saturday, and they get it kind of at least Tuesday night, or they collect it from the door, click and collect. They can be applying it Tuesday night, Wednesday. They can then get top-up orders. They can order again in the same week. Mm. Okay, that's good for us because we get another order, but it means they can churn the business. Yeah, They can get more work. Um, if the customer finds they've got an extra member of staff and they need extra shirts, that customer can turn fast. So instead of turning an order twice a month, they could probably turn it 20 times in a month, Yeah, which is just good for them. It's good for service. They get it off. They can invoice it. Um, it means if they've got work going quick, they can um, consolidate their garment orders um, with their supplier. It all, it's all good. It can't yeah. hurt them. Um, plus, they can... Um, Pick and choose, especially in this day and age, they can say, okay, I'm not going to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, take the rest of the week off and do something completely different. Yeah. Um, because they can plug in when all of the transfers on a Monday, they turn up on a Wednesday, they can work Wednesday, Thursday if they need to. Yeah. So because we've stuck to that and we're very strict with it, um, to honour the customer promise that we've offered, um, I think it's really serviced customers. And I think that's where some of the growth has come from, yeah. which we have seen sitting around the table a huge amount. Mm-hmm. It's quite incredible, really. Um, you know, the British entrepreneur is a well, yeah. well and thriving, which is it's nice to be part of that. Absolutely, definitely. Um, obviously, with these, we've seen a lot of change over the last couple of years, but what, what is it that you're most excited about for the next couple of years and five years down the road? I think is we've got some very clever um, technology coming for heat press equipment, which I can't share with you now, but it will come on a future podcast. Um, which again will just empower and make the machines more flexible for customers. They'll be able to do a lot more with those, mm. uh, which is really, really nice. Um, the transfers are only going to get uh, um, cooler temperatures mm-hmm. um, because of uh, delicate substrates, hopefully faster for application. And our turnaround will be same day collections. Yeah. Um, we can ship same day, but obviously you'll wait for the courier. But same day collections, are, I can foresee that custom, we will have more customers doing click and collect, so they don't have to wait yeah. for deliveries. So it'll probably be one day turns. Yeah. Uh, Ultra Color Max, I think we have only just scratched the surface of that and where that can lead us. Um, uh, hot split and uh, 145 degrees at 12 seconds is, you don't need it much quicker and you can't no. get less than one. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, it's everything everyone's ever asked for. Um, and I think we'll just be expanding on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so um, one of the things you, I just wanted to touch upon, just going back to the Styles family as well, because mm-hmm. um, I was lucky enough to meet Daniel Style a couple of years back, and what's quite interesting is how much of that sort of family ethos is still within the business. You could tell that he'd been sweeping the floors at some point in his career yeah. to make sure he got to that point, and today now where he's now looking after the Styles family fund, helping out. Yeah, they did some amazing work mm. in, in the US, and it is very family based. But Ted is very grounded. They've had they have they've had success. Mm. Obviously, they've done well. That comes mm. uh, and rewards people with material things, but that's not what Ted's about. That's not what his family mm. is about. And you don't really get that until you meet them. Yeah, um, they are all about family. Um, it is family first, um, which. I'm an employee as much as I'm the MD here, so um, it makes uh, it's very reassuring to know that the business doesn't come as a priority before 
profit, money, or, or running the business. Um, they are fam very family orientated. I think Ted has uh, he has five children and and counting. I think he must have eight, nine, ten grandchildren. Um, he is uh, a very generous individual. I think all of his children have worked through all the departments whenever they've been involved with the business. Um, I know Ted once told me when I first met him that um, they were uh, they lived near some woods in Detroit. It's a beautiful part of the world, but it borders Canada. And um, uh, they were going to try and build a little cabin or have a cabin built. Um, and Ted just bought the tools and some lumber, and some wood. And they turned up and realized they were building it, <laughs> which is humble. Mm. But you learn a lot, even if you don't cut good joints and it, you know, maybe it's not watertight. You learn things. Yeah. You know, um, so even though Ted's and his brother had had some generation but had been through, had had humble beginnings, it's not ideal, I don't think, and probably Ted would agree, is that to um, treat your children any differently. There's mm. life lessons to be learned. Yeah. And there's toil and there's sweat and there's, there's even if you're not going to be doing it later in life, you have an appreciation that if others are doing it, you mm. can see how it's done. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, maybe not now uh, because Ted is uh, in his 80s, mm -hmm. um, but Ted would be hands-on if required, when and if yeah. um, involved. Um, we have a, a bit of a history uh, pamphlet book within group that uh, we share from time to time. There's pictures of Ted at shows. Um, on the phones, yeah. on, on telex <laughs> and fax, for those listeners that don't know what those things are. Um, yeah, very engaged. I mean, he's a chairman now of a large group of companies, but he's also always been very, very much involved. Yeah. And Brett was walking the trade show um, at Vespa um, with myself and others, engaging with suppliers, customers, all shapes and sizes, um, you know, still very much in tune, because you have to be. Yeah, got to get back on the shop floor and find out what's going on, or you're just you're not connected. No, they really do live and breathe e-printing to this day. They do. They do. I think if you, um, you know, they say about the royals, don't you? But I think if you if you cut them, they bleed. Heat transfer vinyl, <laughs> Hotronics blue. I mean, they just yeah. would. They have, you know they have been around it all their lives, especially the um, uh, Daniel and Brett, who are Ted's um, sons. They they know everything about their business. Mm. Everything. Um, which is good to know. It's yeah. healthy. They're not um, disjointed from it. So um, feedback on, on products and equipment, it goes to them. They get to yeah. hear about it all the time. So innovations and wants and needs on heat presses, that goes straight through um, the hierarchy, goes yeah. to, to Bennett Hotronics, but they'll know about it. And if enough people ask for it, they'll ask for it to, to happen. So it's good. They're very much connected, mm. very much. Yeah, so it's a privilege to work with them. Yeah, absolutely. What was the first trade show you personally went to? Was it when you were with Target or was it when Group Style took over? Um, well, it was before Styles. We, we were, um, we've always been Target Transfers Limited as a legal entity. Um, but, but when we used to sell into Europe, we, were called, we called ourselves Target Transfers, uh, Target International, because it gave us a, a broader spectrum because we had probably a couple of hundred customers here that bought stock transfers when we sold them to Europe. And we used to do lots of shows. Lots of different shows. We would do um, the uh, spring and autumn fairs, which were huge shows of nearly every hall of the NEC, um, and that was more retail. So we would be selling stock transfers there. So I think my first memory is probably the, um, those spring and autumn fairs, which are probably all 20 homes of the NEC. 
wow. four or five day events. Um, promo promotion, which we've only just come back from, that was that's been going for as long as I've been here. So, um, which was 1990. So, um, probably that one as well. But they're they're a bit of a blur. I remember <laughs> the first one because we used to do quite a few, and they were big. It was quite a huge undertaking. Um, it's different. I wouldn't say there's less work now with the trade show. Um, but because we're veterans of it, we're kind of used to how yeah. to roll them out. But uh, everything was handwritten. People would order and pay and give cash at stands for items. So you'd have to kind of cash up at the end of the night, give them <laughs> white receipts. It's just different, different times, different <laughs> times. Um, but the wonderful thing for us as a company, because of the reputation that we've tried to uphold, but one because of Roger and Sally, who were very upstanding um pillars of the community, just decent, good, solid people. And same with Ted is that we've everyone who's come afterwards has uh, tried to maintain that. I'm only the third uh, managing director of Target, and it is a privilege. It's not always fun, it's, it's hard work, but it is a privilege. Roger was the first one, and then the colleague I used to have, Robin Ball, was the second, and I'm only the third. So for the time that it's been going, it's, you know, we haven't had a lot of chopping and changing. So for me, it's the it's always been my um, mission to make sure that we don't let that name uh, fail in any way. So, because I've got Ted on this shoulder and I've got Roger on that shoulder, reminding me of all the good work that they did. So, we try to look after people. We've got a lot of customers now that we still deal with who work for companies that, that we used to deal with. Um, you know, we know who some of those are, but yeah. um, you know, some of those people have been working with us for kind of 35, 40 years plus, which is quite nice, really. It's really quite nice. Yeah. They wouldn't do it if they didn't want to, and we weren't looking after them. So, yeah. So, uh, hopefully, that continues. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, anyone that was watching the Super Bowl this year would have seen Stars Transfer Express in the US, and that's a big relationship with Nike and the NFL. I get so excited when I see those videos of the NFL draft. I mean, I've watched it in the past and thought that must be really quite stressful. You know, it gets picked, gets called. I think it's four shirts per player, depending on where mm -hmm. they get picked. Um, and then, you know, you grow up watching that and then you see it in recent years and then you realise that your colleagues, Brett Kishu, who I was with last week, um, he's actually behind the curtain, pulling the shirts and having yeah. 30 seconds to get them ready. You know, it's quite a big tick, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's incredible. NFL, Nike, Asics, yeah, it's quite nice to be associated with those companies. Yeah. And again, they wouldn't deal with you. They wouldn't yeah. deal with group if we couldn't, um, couldn't deliver. Yeah. I mean, we'd be out. And uh, I, I forget how long we've been dealing with the NFL, but it's... A long time now. Yeah, I think it's a decade. Well, over a decade, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just need people. A bit like the teams, really. Team effort. They need them to turn up, deliver, um, execute, and not make mistakes. <laughs> Luckily, they don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have quite a few, quite a broad range of listeners to this podcast mm -hmm. who watch along on YouTube as well. So we've got anyone from beginners to existing people. So I was wondering if you had any tips for both beginners and also for people who are looking to use 2022 as a year of growth as well and how they can you know, improve upon anything that from your 32 years of experience. You make it sound really old. <laughs> I am. Um, education really, the, bit, the best investment you can make is the first and best uh, investment is education. It doesn't have to cost any money, you just need to apply some time and effort um, we can help you with that. We can guide you through that. We have some fantastic YouTube channel content. Um, you guys put some great content together. It's free. And I uh, always enthuse people to um, 
to learn. Um, sometimes people with experience can sometimes have, say, 20 years experience, but they can have one year's experience 19 times. And by that, I mean that it continuously moves along. The reason me and a lot of my colleagues from the US and Europe were in festival last week was just making sure that we're up to speed on everything. It's interesting, it's exciting, um, but it's essential. Yeah. So it's important that people just stay tuned with the content that comes out. Not everything is suitable for them or their market, um, but it's it's good for them to walk through the process mentally, do some little calculations like return on investment, that type of thing. But just learning those tricks and tips. Learning is the best way forward. You can learn how to do the, print the equipment, use the equipment really quickly. You can learn how to create an artwork, but it's sometimes the other parts that people forget about. You know, how can I actually generate income? How can I pay myself once I've paid for the equipment and things? So I'd enthuse everyone to get educated first. That's essential for me in any walk of life, really, but especially in our industry. You don't need to spend any money today. First day of training is jump online, read, learn. We've got lots of good tools. Um, we've got some um, various uh, ebooks, 20, 30 pages, half an hour reads. Um, I think within two or three hours, you could probably soak up um, um, Ling Logo formulas. Yeah, another exactly. good uh, read. Um, just answers a lot of questions that a lot of people don't even ask, mm. but it answers them at the very beginning. Uh, I wish I'd had that, and I wish a lot of our customers had had that 20 years ago. I think it would have saved a lot of time and effort being busy and not making any money um, because the devil is in the detail. Yeah. It is in the uh, um, the bits of material and the, and the lost time um, and the scraps that you throw in the bin. That could be your, your 10% that you should have paid yourself. So it's very important that you, you keep an eye on, on that side of things. Um, get educated. And if uh, if we have available sessions that suit people's time is to get online, look at our events. Yeah. If they want a deeper dive and a, a private one-to-one -one so that they don't um, feel embarrassed in front of a group of people. They can come along, plug in and uh, pick a time and date that suits the best, come with a bit of kind of homework done, mm -hmm. you know, read those ebooks um, yeah. free, just download them. All we ask is for an email address so we can send it to you. Um, read those. Um, then everything else that we deep dive on a one-to-one -one will make a lot more sense. Um, and then take it from there and not rush. You don't have to rush in and spend money. Don't allow anyone to tell you you need this and change your life. Um, it's all about honesty and a bit of integrity um, and um, self-education. Yeah. I'd rather have a customer for the next 20 years than take all their money now. They, they sink because they spent it. They don't know how to use it. That's the worst thing. Um, and it's not the way that we want people to get going. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, uh, doesn't gel well with us as a group. Um, it doesn't gel well with me, and I've noticed over the years that it works. We might not get an order for six months to a year, but when they come back, they do actually appreciate it. Yeah. So um, it's a bit like a trade show. So we meet people, and half the time we're telling them to just step back. Yeah. Don't come to the show and buy anything. You need to. You're at the beginning of that curve of learning. You need to learn a little bit more until you feel comfortable, because you'll change your mind every day for a week or month. Yeah. Um, until you feel comfortable. Um, the good thing about the showroom that we've got here is that they can come and try it before they buy, can't they? Yeah. So if they've got vinyl, anyone else's, and we don't mind. If they've got transfers that aren't ours, again, we don't mind. Yeah. They can come in and apply on a shirt and see how it works. They can compare ours if they want. But um, the more that we support them at the beginning, which is kind of the style's way, really, the better long term, we hope. Yeah. Know? If that loyalty pays off, it pays off. And if it doesn't, you know, we've met someone new, you know, 
you know, it's, uh, it's not all about money. No, absolutely not. So education, I think really that's what I would, I tell everybody that every day yeah. for myself, even staff is, you know, don't jump in, learn, do yeah. whatever you get, coffee, sit down, YouTube, it's all free. You can learn things now at no expense compared to years ago. You don't need expensive thousand pounds training sessions for no. those things. It just it doesn't make sense. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, that's okay. good, yeah. Do you have any more questions, Molly? I don't, no, I'm yeah. very... Have I talked to your ears off? <laughs> no, it's interesting. It's a very interesting good. story. Good, good. I'm still as, I'm as enthusiastic now as I was when uh, when I started. I mean, there's so much opportunity out there for us. Yes. And us. Um, I think when uh, you first joined uh, four years ago, I said you won't get bored. No. You can't get bored, can no, you? No, can't. There's so many things to learn and do, and it's uh, it can be fun. And we should make it fun, really. Yeah. Um, you know, we should take the business side of it seriously but we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously yeah. so you know we should have fun with it and then uh, try and pass on as much knowledge as we possibly can yeah it's worked for me for 32 years <laughs> so. okay well thank you very much for joining us today, Martin. i really appreciate that thank you to you molly for joining me as well um if you would like to join us for one of those events that Martin mentioned, just head to targettransfers.com slash events and you can see everything that we have available on there. Um, we've got lots of um, really great videos about Ultracolor Max that just come out in the last week or so, which I'd encourage you all to go and have a look at because this is really another game changer from styles and target transfers. Um, and you know, make sure you are following us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or um you've got notifications on youtube so you can catch all of these new podcast episodes every time they come out which is every thursday um, and yeah make sure you stay tuned for lots of other great videos coming up if you'd like to know more about the styles history of target transfers history just leave us a comment and we'll be happy to get back to you Oh, you need a ball, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You need one of those. I can only read that. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you very much.